Hello? Hey, it's Dan again. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. We're just sitting here in Louisville. <laughs> yeah, sorry about a few minutes ago. No worries. Um, we actually had a couple people step out, so it's just me, Dave the drummer, and Keenan the guitar player right now. Alright, cool, cool, cool. Hi, everybody. <laughs> My name is Lauren Boytel, and I am program director at WXAB in Chicago. Um, I wanted to interview you guys because I know you're going to have a show tomorrow at Double Door um, at 8 o'clock, so that'll be really cool for people to come out for Valentine's Day. So Yeah, yeah, we're psyched about it. It's a pleasure to meet you, Lauren, as well. Um, I know we emailed or emailed John a lot back and forth, but good to finally semi-meet in person. Right. <laughs> Took a while, but, you know, we're there. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right, so how did you guys all meet? Well, um, myself, uh, Dave, who is our drummer, and John, the singer, all kind of work in and around the same studio in, in New York in the East Village. Um, so that's how we met. The bass player, Pete, and the guitar player, Keenan, just met through playing gigs around town. I mean, we've all like played with other bands in the city, and I don't know, we eventually just kind of formed a group of who we thought were the most solid guys, because we got kind of sick of playing other people's music and, <laughs> and decided to kind of do something for ourselves in that regard. Right, right, okay. Um, how has it been touring with you guys? What's the experience been like? This is your first time touring, correct? It's our first time doing like a longer run. We're doing 12 shows in 12 days. Um, I mean, it's it's interesting. On one hand, you know, you get the, the wear and tear of the day-to-day, -day, wake up, go drive to a new city, load in, play a show, load in again to the car, go sleep, then wake up and do it all over again. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, it's, it's really good to, to play every day together. Like last night, we did a a three-hour show or something like that, and um, John's actually his voice feeling a little, little rough from the road. So we did a lot of instrumental stuff, and you know we got to experiment. We get to kind of like push the music forward, which is really cool because you know by the time we get to the end of this with the Chicago and Minneapolis shows, um, it's going to just be I think it's going to be killing because we've been playing together every day for a couple hours at least. So you guys are used to each other and the vibe and everything like that. Yeah, exactly. Cool, cool. Are there any funny stories uh, that have happened on tour so far? Or hmm, let's see. <laughs> this is Keenan, by the way. Hi. Oh, the guitar player. Hey, how you doing? Good, um, good. The other stories that have happened. Um, let's see. Well, not too long ago, um, what was it last or the night before last? We stayed at this like cabin on a lake, and I was pretty much afraid that the owner of the cabin was going to come in and kill us. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's always like in the a middle bad of nowhere, like, like if you screamed, nobody, if a tree fell, nobody would hear it, you know what I mean? <laughs> no? So it's a little scary, but it was, it was, it, it, it's been a really good time on the road. Um, we, we have gotten lucky, um, despite our fears of some of the places we've stayed, we have gotten really lucky and, um, it's probably better than I've eaten at home you know, um, in terms of food, and we've always had, you know, a, a roof over our heads, which isn't, you know, the easiest thing to get when on tour, you know, right. usually cats are sleeping in vans some nights, you know, they're crashing anywhere, but um, we've always had a place to stay, which is really cool, and food in our bellies, some of the best food, so um, really can't complain about what's been going on, but, um, but yeah, it's been cool, although John has gotten a little sick. Um, as Dan said before, which is uh, 
a little scary right now because uh, I've been, you know, we've all been having to take up the, the duty of trying to sing and entertain the crowd um, despite what we've been practicing for the last two months. But, you know, it's, it's those type of curveballs that take the band to the next level um, and the ability to really still keep the crowd entertained and, and change your way of thinking about the music um, to entertain people rather than, you know, oh, we're screwed, let's just play a bunch of instrumentals, like, you know, of the tunes we right. would normally play, you know, that's, so it's really cool. Well, it's good that you guys have a backup plan, you know, just in case things like that happen, so good for you guys for thinking ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what makes you guys different from other bands that are out there right now? I mean, I think well, just our, our, I mean, we definitely have a diverse collection of backgrounds in terms of music genres and music experiences. Um, but I think it's just, you know, the combination of New York City, which is one of the toughest cities probably in the world, although I haven't been much out of the country in terms of like a music scene because bands are a dime a dozen. And that combined with our experience, both musically and technically with so many different artists and musicians and and everything. I mean, Keenan is a New Orleans cat for how long were you down there for? Six years. Um, I went to music school for jazz. John grew up in Brooklyn. Um, Pete's been a session bass player and a, and a gigging bass player for I don't know how long, for forever. Just, I, I think he started with the beginning of time. Right. <laughs> yeah, we have a nickname for him. I, I named him Uncle Pete. He's so much older than me. I'm the youngest in the band, Keenan again. But, um, but yeah, he's so much older than me, so he named him, nicknamed him Uncle Pete. <laughs> he's, he's, he's my uncle. He's always trying to give you advice and while getting drunk, too. <laughs> That's the best kind of advice. And then we have Dave who can play any song in existence on piano or drums. So, I mean, it's definitely a good collection of minds, and we all contribute. It's not really, like, driven by one person or, or two people. So, I mean, it's it's cool. It's like a team, little team sport action going on. Yeah. And, and also, like, taking it a step further, I think what really truly makes it different than other bands is being able to give the, the art, the listener, an experience. Um, you know, like, so many people, so many bands, you know, you go to their show, and they're just playing their album. And it's like, okay, cool, but I could have just put this album on at home instead of spending $10 to come to the show, plus travel expenses. But, you know, when you come to a Bridge City Hustle show, it, it truly is an experience. It's, you know, we try to take different takes on some of our songs, and we're always progressing. So, you know, what you hear is directly comes from, you know, our crazy minds trying to take the music a step further and give the listener not only an auditory experience, but a visual experience as well. Um, and I think, you know, people just seeing any band have that much fun up on stage, creating experience for themselves, um, you know, it takes it to the next level for the, for the consumer, you know. Cool. You know, some bands are just there just to play and get out, but you guys will probably make that extra effort to, you know, join the crowd in and whatnot. And you guys all have your own specialties within the band, so that makes you extra special. Um, and so I saw that you guys were using Kickstarter for your debut project, the EP. So what do you guys think was the advantage of using Kickstarter as opposed to any other outlet? I mean, obviously the crowdfunding is huge nowadays. We wanted to put something together to not only offer people, you know, a chance to, to donate, but also to get something out of it. So, you know, they get the EP, they get the vinyl from it. Um, as far as for just choosing Kickstarter, I mean... There's a lot of different outlets for the, the crowdfunding type thing these days, 
and I guess we just kind of decided that Kickstarter was the most known, not just for music, but for, you know, inventions and, and whatever. And yeah, I mean, just, just kind of the name recognition, to be honest, is why we went with them specifically. But, uh... I mean, it was successful. We kind of got to give people a glimpse into what we were working on just with our video. We tried to put like a little artistic touch on everything that we put out there. So, yeah, I think that, that really definitely helps. I mean, the money for sure to get our, our EP off the ground, but also just kind of helped us to solidify our image and what we want to put out there as, as a group. Good, good for you guys. So, out of all of the songs that you guys have produced, what's your favorite? Oh, I'm Dave. I'm the drummer. What's up? Um, I guess each of us could only really speak for ourselves. I think we all kind of have a couple of favorites. Um, for me, there's one tune on our EP it's right in the middle called In Love This Way. Oh, and that's my favorite, yes. kinda, Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a cry thing, I guess. I was really kind of happy personally with how my, my performance came out and also how our engineer made it sound. His, his name is Daniel Sinan. He's a fantastic engineer. I kind of look at him as our fifth Beatle so to speak. Um, he's, I, I think it depends on the band, but not, not to get away from answering this question directly, but um, I definitely want to give him a huge shout out because uh, especially with a lot of way, the way music is made a lot today, a lot of times it's the band doing their thing and there's a kind of a big divide between the performance space in the engineering space, in, in a studio, and, and Daniel, our, our relationship between him, you know, and, and us in the studio is really, really collaborative. But getting back to that particular tune, um, I just really love the vibe of it. It's, it's super um, spacey, and just, you know, it's, it's got this really kind of sort of dark, ominous, but not, not like negatively, depressingly dark ominous. It's just got this like kind of cool guy vibe to it, for lack of a better description. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely my favorite. So what was the overall like meaning or significance behind the song? Is there any, or was it just kind of like, I'm going to throw this out here, or...? Uh, I, well, I think actually, I mean, John's mainly responsible for, for most of the, what's going on in that song. I mean, he definitely writes all the lyrics. Uh -huh. And also the, the, main, the main riff, this boom, 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 boom. He actually sent me a text message one day, and he's like, dude, I was, I was walking to the train, and I just came up with this riff in my head, and it was one of those things, I think this must be why I like this song so much, because he sent me a little voice memo of him humming that lick, and all of a sudden, within like 30 seconds, I heard almost the whole arrangement in my head. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to, I can't wait for us to all get together and start working on this, and I, I feel like I really know where this is going to end up, and, and it pretty much did. But I mean, you know, if you, if you listen to the, to the words, you know, mostly about, you know, kind of a relationship song, a, a love song, I would say. Um, I kind of gather that it's, you know, someone trying to, you know, convey to, to a person in his life, uh, you know, how, how he feels about her. Yeah, again, you know, it's, it's, it's the mood of the song, really, that, that comes through to me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a most. really good one. Cool. So, with you guys touring and being so busy, can we expect anything like an album or a new project this spring or summer? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what we're working on next. We have probably like 13 songs that weren't on that EP that we're going to be getting in the studio to work on. We already have two more done. We want to shoot a video for the one we just finished, so we're kind of holding on to that one for a second. Cool. Um, and the rest of it, we're kind of just putting through the trials and tribulations of the road because we like to kind of test stuff at shows to, to figure out what works the most effectively um, before we put it into like a recorded format. Yeah, that's definitely, once we get back to New York, that's going to be our number one priority is, is getting the new stuff down and, and putting another project together. So. All right, well, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> 
So with that being yeah, said, we're who are your musical influences? What makes you guys want to jam? Uh, I mean, we always get asked this question. It's funny because each one of us has, has a pretty different answer to it. Mm -hmm. um, we're influenced from everything from like jazz to the classic soul music to D'Angelo to Jay Dilla to Jimi Hendrix. Um, if you live in New York City and you're a musician, you have no choice but to hear a little bit of everything. And there's just a ridiculous amount of diversity of music in, in New York City. But that's good, um, though, because you're getting exposed you know, to it. Uh, I know, you know, John, growing up in Brooklyn, you know, he he always talks about, you know, listening to salsa music, you know, Latin, Latin music. He doesn't really bring this up much, but for me, as a drummer, I, he's, you know, he's a hell of a percussionist. <laughs> we have a lot of fun on stage together when, when it's time to get busy with, with some drum stuff. <laughs> Um, you know, for me, I, had, I grew up with, you know, my parents' record collection, lots of stuff from the 60s and 70s, British rock stuff, Beatles, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, all that stuff. Also some jazz with Dave Brubeck and Horace Silver. And then, you know, some, you know, pop stuff that, you know, made me want to be a piano player, like, you know, Billy Joel and Elton. And even again, the Beatles with that stuff. Um, and then my dad also loved Motown, so there'd be a ton of that stuff going on that definitely, I would say, uh, Stevie is one of my all-time favorites, personally. So there's definitely a lot of that that vibe that I try to bring to the table here. Yeah, but yeah like Dave said, just kind of like a melting pot of kind of, we try to just listen to good music. We don't <laughs> have a filter in terms of genres or anything like that. So. Speaking of listening to music, what bands or artists are you guys listening to now that you would recommend to other listeners? Oh, bands I'm listening to now that I recommend. Um, there's this cat uh, named Jesse Boykins third or something like that. He's out of he's out of Brooklyn, New York or something. He's wicked nasty. You know, of course it's D'Angelo. I gotta say D'Angelo. D'Angelo's like, man, I've been trying I've been shedding to that record, trying to learn every little note for months now since it came out. <laughs> and um that's like I think that's the most progressive piece of uh music that's been made thus far that um, you know, I think everybody really needs to get on. And, and help to take this music to the next level. Some other bands that are out now. Let's see, there's an awesome band, Snarky Puppy. It's more instrumental stuff. They're really good. They're awesome, actually. They're recording down in New Orleans right now, Ooh. I believe. I don't know, there's a lot of really good bands coming out. There's this girl named Kristen Diablo that I, that I really enjoy listening to. It's a little bit more like folk singer-songwriter. Okay. A little bit of country, but she's a rock and guitar player. She's from New Orleans, but she often, you know, she's always on tour, so she's playing everywhere all the time. She's great. Um, and and a host of bands, like, a lot of cats that, you know, we play with, we usually enjoy listening to as well. And, yeah, we're just hoping to meet as many musicians as we can so we can enjoy their music as much as we can give something to them, hopefully, with our music. So, yeah. Right. And speaking of which, actually, um... It was said that you guys were working with Mob Deep, co-producing to mix some beats together. How was how was working with them? Um, that's actually a John question, to be honest. He's he's the one that that was involved with that, okay. um, and unfortunately he's not here. Well, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so have you guys ever worked with College Radio before this? College Radio. Um, I mean, we did we did a couple of things. I think we did one in Vermont when we were up there this summer for 90.1 up there at the UVM station, but I think that might be it. All right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a start, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. The radio is tough to get on. 
to get on the radio these days if you don't have a huge budget behind you, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. You know, we kind of give yeah, you guys that Yeah, we've been kind of staying in, like, the... Yeah, we've been kind of staying in, like, the print and the online and, and those types of press outlets. Right. So do you guys think it's important to the music industry for college radio to, you know, express their their music interests and everything like that? For, for radio, too? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's always kind of weird when... The, the like the people who are listening to the music don't decide what they're listening to in general like with everything like when the people who are voting don't decide who gets elected you know mm -hmm. so i don't know it's always tough there's got to be a system behind everything but i just don't know right now how the system is working in in the best interest of the consumer so i mean i don't really listen to the radio that much to be honest just because i i'll flip through it and find nothing i like and then you know put my Miles Davis CD back in, so. Right, where there's, like, advertisements, and you really don't want to, you know, sit there and listen to them, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's, it's you know, it's people, I'm sure you guys know more about this than I do, but I can't imagine that, you know, at least the big radio stations' numbers are going up in these past couple of years. Maybe they're trying to kind of scramble to figure out what to do now. Well, let's hope they fix it <laughs> in the best way possible. <laughs> All right. Well, since you guys have heard Bridge City Hustle, they are having a show on February 14th, 8 p.m. at the Double Door in Chicago, Illinois. Make sure to check out the interview, the concert, and all that good stuff. All right, thank you guys so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it, and good luck with the rest of your tour. Thanks a lot, Regan. Thank you. All right, bye. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch. Absolutely.